Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Lillian Horn. Lillian, how are you doing today? Doing very good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being so flexible. I really appreciate it. My audience knows I, it like drives me nuts. It's like when you got a fish on the line, I like just, I like to do the, the interviews, the other stuff. I'm like, oh, goodness. So thank you so much for being flexible. I was saying to Tina, I was like, I'm so glad that we could get you on today and you know, get you into the lineup. So thank you again for being so flexible. Yeah, uh, no problem at all. <laughs> we'll it, start. It happens. Things happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My audience knows like it's been crazy. Um, but I really am like trying to keep season two going because I've had a, which has been nice. I've had a lot of people, you know, message me and like, Hey, I really like this episode, this and that. And numbers haven't been stellar because of the summer, but you know, at the same time, it's kind of nice because I've gotten so many nice compliments. I'm like, well, People are clearly liking it. So I'm like, I'd like to at least finish season two before we have the baby. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on today. And we'll start and it's right a, there. It's a great opportunity. So why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, I always like it when, you know, I can get somebody really at any point in their career, because for me, it's like, it's kind of cool to see where like some, Jeffrey Haskell is one where I first saw an interview with him about eight years ago and then I had him on. So it was cool to ask him questions you know, that have progressed since eight years ago. And to me, author careers is really interesting. Um, I met people eight years ago who are in both, you know, traditionally published and indie and to see them now, it's, I mean, it's so cool, you know, to see where people have gotten to and the books they've written, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a celebrity. (laughs) Everyone's journey is is different too. So yeah, it's interesting. There's so much to explore. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to say it is explore. Yeah, so it's super cool. So uh, we'll start, speaking of journeys, we'll start with that first one for you. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? Uh, it's been at least 20 years in the making. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no, I, I started writing at a really, really young age with the most ridiculous stories you can think of. And of course, <laughs> I always made it into the school papers somehow, which awesome. teachers weren't very happy about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, they just transported me into this amazing realm of possibilities, and I kind of never left. Yeah. Uh, so when I got my first PC and internet access, I wrote a ton of fan fiction. Oh, that's awesome. None of it were particularly good, mind you. But it was like, <laughs> like when you're early teenager and yeah, yeah. spotty internet at best, and you just, you just go with whatever you can find yeah, to yeah. have access to. Uh, so I did that for like a number of years, got some pretty good feedback, which was surprising. Mm. And it, it was great stepping stone to just develop my style and see where did I, what did I have to improve upon? So um, as a Norwegian writing English, uh, I didn't have much guidance or the right people around me to help me with the language barrier. And mm. my English teachers, although they were great, they could only take me so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I studied, I studied, I took all the extra courses I I had around me, like available to me and uh, just really got into learning English because Norwegians in general aren't very good at English, especially on the accent. Like you can hear it on the accent on like almost every- I'll be honest, I could barely notice because like here in the United States, like it just sounds like you're just from, you know, a different part of the United States, like- um, you know, maybe like Pacific <laughs> Northwest or maybe, you know, depending on where in California. So yeah, it's, it, I didn't, I didn't know that about you. So that's really interesting. 
And my secret is that I worked on it like a lot. I really wanted yeah. to just shed the, the worst of the accent, at least. It, it still bleeds through now and then. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think I was like 18 when I first started writing seriously. Oh. And uh, the story I wrote was like a portal fantasy. Oh, that's that, cool. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I thought it was pretty cool. It was I love just, portal fantasy. <laughs> yeah, just transported, just isekai'd into another world. That's just yeah. the most awesome thing I, I thought of at the time. So I did that, and I spent like six years trying to complete that one story between the bachelor's degree, jobs, chronic mm. health issues, and the, the feedback I got from like friends, family, and uh like others, uh, other people that I just chatted with, they were like really positive to this concept and to my writing style. So it really hammered home that maybe I should try to publish this. Yeah. I mean, what's the harm, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hired an editor and the feedback I got there was so, so helpful. Like I got really, really excited about my publishing possibilities. So I researched publishing in Norway and I learned very quickly that English books, especially fantasy it, written by a Norwegian author wasn't interested. Like no one was interested <laughs> in that here. Like absolutely no one. Interesting. Yeah, uh, this was like mid uh, 2015, around 2015, I think. Mm. So the market, was, yeah, yeah Over, a European market was kind of interesting with fantasy. I've heard a couple people say that, like, it's interesting that a lot of Germans, like people that I know in Germany were buying books from over here from fantasy. But, you know, I had a couple of people I actually interviewed a while back who, you know, were from Germany and trying to do the same thing. And it was really hard because, yeah, it's, just, it's interesting. That was like an interesting for, 2014, 15. It just is weird how audiences were at that time it's interesting yeah, there was like nothing yeah like we have these tiny bookcases with english and just a small percentage of that is in english in all the the most popular bookstores that we have and it just it, it's very disheartening like if you want to publish a, a book yeah. in english here yeah because i didn't want to translate it it just norwegian doesn't sound as good mm. in certain aspects uh, especially for fantasy like I don't even read Norwegian fantasy what oh, little there is yeah. it's just not interesting to me hmm. sorry that's <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah but yeah uh, so this yeah this was around the same time where Twist Rose Key got hmm. a new release and uh, Twist, Rose, Twist Rose Key is by a Norwegian author who I didn't know that yeah, no, uh, she got um, uh, advice to try publishing, I think, in the States or Canada or something like that. And her book just took off. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I, suddenly I was seeing it everywhere in Norwegian, in English, oh. in, in uh, German, I think, too, like in airports. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was suddenly everywhere. And I was like, wow, maybe I should try publishing overseas. Why not? Interesting. So yeah, I went on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the water cooler, as I call it. <laughs> the water cooler, exactly. <laughs> God, I, I followed so many literary agents and just mm. tried to get into the whole query process and like all the different uh, 
formats that they were asking crazy yeah i must have written 50 different query letters just because there is just no one answer yeah yeah yeah. and that the query process it was just brutal i wanted to tear my hair off i would that's how that's how it is here (laughs) in the united states to apply to school as a teacher like you would think that we would just have one uniform process like in my state of new york we do my home state of michigan like everybody has the same website, but there'll be like six different versions and they all ask you different questions. So they all have basics, but then 25% of it, which takes you the longest and the extra questions is it's like, I was like, I was like, I'm just not going to teach. I was like, I'm just going to do something else. It was so hard to, so I can only imagine, you know, with careering, you know, where it's the same thing. It's like, can't just set one thing aside and, and do that. And then, you know, mass market it to, you know, different agents, but yeah, it's, yeah I, giving up is easy that's the easy part <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah I'm kind of like I I told my buddy he's like well because I'm just gonna do indie and I have a couple of things though that I do want to try and fit for Athon or Aconite and I do know some authors from there that were interested in what I had to say about a couple book series uh, a couple trilogies so I think like specific ones I'm going to try that um, and then my other ones are just going to indie. But I, my buddy was teasing me the other day. He's like, well, until you get a, at least one rejection letter, you can't call yourself an indie author. So I was like, that's fair. So I'll probably do it just to like, you know, just to get it. I think for me, like those, I actually think it might be good for me though, because that kind of stuff fuels me. Like I'm the type of person where I'll put them on a wall. And then when I, this is what I did for teaching and coaching, like every rejection letter, I put it on the wall and then when I felt like giving up, I just looked at the wall and I was like, oh, these people said I wasn't good enough. <laughs> when you're motivated I, you know, out of spite. Oh, yeah, it really like, like ah, yep. it just and gets now, your tire going. It's so true. And now, you know, every time I teach or coach, I think back to that and I'm like, ah, you know, like here I am. So I feel like maybe that would be like, you know, my um, venom serum or something like that. Like really, you know, or whatever, whatever Bane uses. Like, I feel like that'd be really helpful. But that's interesting. You just open up like a whole new little caveat that like I've talked about different translations but not publishing within your own country certain things that's mm. that's really that, I mean, that, it's easy if you already write in English and live in the United States or Canada yeah. <laughs> it's just- well it's like Germany I just can't believe how many people you know like how many people like do, like particularly with your fantasy like do so well there like that's one of the languages right off the bat that like I might pay for a translation for like right off the bat and I have a couple of different books where I'm like, I do think looking at the market there, not that I'm writing to market here, but I think it would be almost like writing to market there if I got it translated, you know, into German. But yeah, that's, it's interesting in terms of marketing. So yeah, it's so different from country to country too. Hmm. Like, yeah, that's the reason I'm not publishing in Norway. No, no one wanted me. <laughs> Which is weird because you would think that as authors that we have, yeah, uh, we should expand on the fantasy market because yeah. fantasy is huge, even though even though we don't have a lot of books about it. It's like uh, the the publishing houses that we have there. I think we have like two, maybe three major ones. Not a lot. Yeah, and they like gatekeep everything. That's so interesting. And the waiting times are. We don't speak about those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's so weird because like to me, because you would just think, I guess for me, I just think like there's so much great mythology, you know, there's so much great history. 
I just feel like it's a perfect, yeah, exactly. I just feel like it's like a perfect, I feel like you guys are in a perfect setting to, you know, we have tons of, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Nothing. It's just the same stories over and over and over again that we grew up with. So interesting. Well, it's like, uh, you know, I I interviewed HM Long, um, Hall of Smoke, and I forget what her other one was. Um, I just bought it the other day and I'm almost done with the first book and um, she's got this great cleric and she's building off of almost like, it's like a mixture between like Nordic, Norwegian and like the, just the whole kind of that area. Like, yeah, Scandinavia. Like she's got a lot of different, you know, different things that she's put into like her own. And I was like, as a history teacher, I'm like, oh, you know, it's cool to see different legends and myth. And then there are different peoples where it's like, there's like kind of like African people and there's different things she took from, you know, different places. And it's just such a beautiful tapestry of mythology. And that's, that's just, that, that's very interesting. That'd be like, if nobody wanted to do like Native American mythology here, like it's always so cool. Like Patricia Briggs does such a good job. Um, you know, just, well, I guess she's English, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting to me that people wouldn't latch on to that, particularly within a fantasy setting. But stories need voices. And yeah. Yeah, it really shouldn't be that hard. It's interesting. Uh, but yeah, uh, just a side note, uh, it was actually really interesting when I was researching for my book. Yes, I actually did a little research. <laughs> and the, the folklores that I explored, they were so different from Sweden and Denmark and even a bit of Iceland, I think. So they were just really different. And it was interesting because it's not that far to the border. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the stories are so diverse. Yeah. Even though they're sort of the same. Like, yeah. the premise is the same, but they have variations to them. And that's very interesting to, yeah, to, yeah. to look well, into, like, why why that happened. Yeah. That kind of stuff. No, it really is. Like, well, I, think, I think that has a lot to do with, like, you know, your, like, ge- you know, geography. Like, um, here, when we have, like, Inca, Aztecs, Olmecs, you know, like, I think some people think like they're all, oh, they're all the same. They're all relatively within the same country. And Mayans, I'm like, no, they're like totally different. Like, I was like, there's some things that they culturally diffuse that are the same, but for the most part, they're, they're like completely different cultures. And yeah, so I could definitely, we were just talking about that in my um, social studies class actually Friday, because some kids were like, how on earth are these people so close? They're using cultural diffusion and talking about all these things, but then they're so different. I'm like, it's just has to do with geography and, you know, how people traveled. And to me, that's fascinating because you can really, I think, take that into, you know, like what you just said, that would be really cool in a fantasy setting, you know, and obviously that always creates conflict. So I think it's just like, you know, you come up with your different groups and maybe they're somewhat similar, but then, you know, or maybe even close, right. And then change them from there. Look at Greek, you know, city states with Athens and Sparta, you know, it's, I think it's fascinating to put the history, historical context into, you know, mythology, into a fantasy setting. That's why I just think, I think fantasy is yeah, definitely my favorite, but you can just do more, <laughs> way more fun. Though. Well, now I got to be, now I have to be looking into the Norwegian uh, fantasy market and see what's going on there. <laughs> I think we had one major fantasy breakthrough from a, a Norwegian author the last 10 years that wow. i could see like at a glance in a bookstore yeah. one in the last 10 years Very easy no wow. wait with, with the twist rose key that's two <laughs> yeah 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 oh, that's so but, you, but you see how sparse it is so yeah, yeah. That, that really just 
made me lose a lot of confidence that's oh yeah totally i, yeah, it's like, I no one wants that. my book here so yeah and then when i started querying across the uh, across the pond and the dam and all that kind of stuff it's just people don't really want my stories like it's a great premise but the style just isn't there for them hmm. so it's like well is it a geographical issue is it because english is my second language and i'm screwing up somewhere or hmm. uh, yeah, like all those kind of things. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why my <laughs> my camera keeps doing this now. Um, yes, it's, <laughs> it's got to be something every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's really interesting. I'll be interested to see if you you know discuss. Well, you know, I I do think just just saying like you know my friend Mark Timoney, um, you know, he's Australian and. I just think like, you know, he, we were talking one day and he's like, well, I just, he's like, I just think I haven't found my audience yet. And then I started reading his first book, Blood of the Spear. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like, this is great stuff. I'm like, you clearly haven't found your audience yet. Cause I'm like, people should be Robert Jordan fans should be eating your story up. And, you know, he's nice. still building an audience and yeah, I, I read someone else's the other day. They're like, Hey, can you just read chapter one? And I'm like, I don't know why anybody wants my opinion. <laughs> like I, but I was like, sure, you know, like, why not? So I did that. And then, you know, I, I told him, I was like, I think you have the same problem, you know, and that's already what I'm thinking about for my urban fantasy. I'm like, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Like I want veterans and I want people that like, um, you know, military or police, you know, dramas and things. It's like in a fantasy setting and mm. urban fantasy setting and my guy's an ex-marine and stuff. So I'm like really trying to figure out how to target that audience. But I think that's like, you're saying like, that's, that's so difficult to do because fantasy, right. is just such a large genre. It's like, maybe sometimes you're in the wrong subgenre. Yeah. Like it's, or maybe you just haven't found an audience yet. Book twos are, you know, big, like I've seen a lot of people do a book one, do a prequel novella and then do book two and all of a sudden, bam, you know, they just shoot off. And to me, that's like really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just, it gets interesting when you really look at it, but I I'm, I'm horrible because I just buy everything. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. And then I'm writing so much and so busy that it really doesn't matter because I'm never going to get to it. But I I mean, my my bookshelves are atrocious. Like my TBR (laughs) is just yeah, 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 stacking up. Yeah, I say I always say mine's like a mountain. So it's not a TBR pile; it's a mountain. But yeah, a TBR mountain. Yeah, (laughs) to to be climbed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, That actually leads us perfectly into the next one. So, what genre genres do you currently write in, and how did you choose? Well, I stick strictly to fantasy. Just, just. There's just nothing else that really interests me all that much. Like I've tried to read more diverse, like the last couple of years, but it mm. just, just doesn't tickle that reader for me. That's fair. Uh, I mean, fantasy is just a medium that, it, as we said, it, it's just so diverse and you can do anything about it. I mean, who doesn't love breaking every single uh, rule of physics and just slap a magic sticker on it and call it canon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like this person can do this thing, you know, exactly. like, yeah, anything is possible. You can have dragons and flying machines in yep. one scene and no one will question it. Ben dragon series. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> well, like that, my, I saw a, a guy here who's one of the only fantasy writers I've seen out and about in public 
where I live, it's like, my, I'm like saying to my wife all the time, I'm like, everybody around me, like my best friend's probably tired of me hearing, you know, about this and that. I have one of my friends that, a good friend, like we just both love urban fantasy and reading. So he's really excited to read my stuff. He's about the only person I can talk to about it <laughs> because everybody else is like, la, da, la, da, la. But I was walking at a festival recently and I saw this guy's shirt and he was like, fantasy authors have more fun. <laughs> They do. They do. And I was like, it's so true. Sorry. Sorry, sci-fi. But or unless you're in fantasy sci-fi, like I was talking to uh Science Jay, fantasy. Catherine. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting genre. Yeah. Like that, I think that Star Wars interests me far more than you know military sci-fi or something like that. Not that I haven't really enjoyed some like I oh my god, what's his name? Last name's Cooper. I'm totally blanking on his name. I'm trying to get him on at some point. It's called his first book was called Hard Duty. It was one of the coolest sci-fi books I ever read. And it, it was just so awesome as military sci-fi. And it had to be one of the best ones. I got it like free with something for Google Play. And I just, I ate it up. But yeah, I definitely, fantasy is my jam. <laughs> I, like to, I like to read it because I like to write it. And I find exactly. that I, I, I feel the same. It's yeah. just, uh, I did write a lot of other different types of stories that were like mm. um, inspired by uh, one of the big Norwegian authors that name escapes me because it's been so many years, but he had this really humoristic style and really, really sarcastic, which mm. perfect, perfectly encapsulated their Norwegian spirit. In no, that's form. cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my, my style is definitely a bit inspired by that too. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's super cool. Oh, I was going to ask you for the first question. What kind of fan fiction did you write? Do I have to answer that? No, you don't have to. No, I just... I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to write. I think I wrote uh, a little Harry Potter. Oh, cool. Naruto and Bleach. A lot oh, of manga. Oh, I love Bleach. <laughs> Bleach got me through a hard time in college. like, And I was like doing, that was like where I was really starting to do like a lot of martial arts and I was talking different it was just like the perfect the perfect timing for me and yeah a lot of those stories were just so so cool and I, I really liked their writing style so yeah the, the fight sequences were just so yeah. cool and like the the universe the set yep. everything was just mwah. yeah well everyone always talks about you know like full out Mel alchemist stuff like that and I'm like yeah it's attack on titan I'm like it's great but for me bleach yeah it was like was like perfect <laughs> it was like yeah it was definitely a pity i was like why didn't i think and you know think of this and, and write this but why isn't this my original idea <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> still kicking myself all right so my favorite one here i always ask an author is about their work so what is your book perils of sea and sky about and how did you come up with this idea uh i'll answer the easy one first came up with this idea from a dream oh that's cool so a lot of the stuff that i've written it has just come uh from snippets of a dream like a vibe or an image yeah so, yeah just everything i've dreamt up everything and but just a small sequence and then i write a, an entire book out of that so i actually saw the a gray foggy sky and just this red flying galleon shooting through it and a red-haired lady at the helm and that's about it oh that's interesting and then i wanted to incorporate a little more uh, folklore into um, 
into the story because there isn't much folklore, new, uh, Scandinavian folklore in fantasy in general. Uh, as I was doing a lot of research, it, it was all the mythology, like Thor, Odin, and Valhalla, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, we know, we know. Loki yeah. was a, a trickster and all that. We know. But yeah. what about the thousand year history in between? So yeah, uh, the book, the book. It is an adult fantasy novel set in an Earth-like world uh, in the early early 1700s. Oh, and that's cool. Such an interesting uh, time period too. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, clean canvas to work with in terms yep. of technology. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the seas are played by a foggy hellscape called the Grey Veil, uh, but that hasn't stopped like the technological advances to take sail ships from the from the sea to the skies and i'm not talking zeppelins or anything like that but actual flying sail ships like treasure planet oh cool that was a that's such a great like great story that's not pulled from enough i think like it's so movie. underrated like yeah i yeah. don't understand why that flopped like it was way i think it was way ahead of its time in terms of writing and like i like another one was like the the atlantis one that they did like yeah yeah it's yeah. actually both both of those are my favorite movies that oh, El Dorado to cool. el dorado <laughs> that's another one too that nobody ever talks about i'm like how how are those not in the vault right like disney they are, they're the best to cut co- and they're the best things to come out in that time period they're yeah in terms of writing stories yeah like i love aladdin because it's fun it's whatever it's nostalgic but as a writer i'm like those three had the best adventures and i'll fight anybody on it like that those <laughs> and mulan were just like i thought were like the best stories uh in terms of a writer had the best arcs had the best characters yeah, way, way ahead of Treasure Planet 2, like way ahead of its time. I mean, it's it's a shame, you know, like I think they should actually redo the animation. And that's one I would actually remake if I were Disney, because I think a lot of people would, you know, would really would really pull to it. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, the main character uh, is Captain Captain Rosan Drakenhardt of the trade ship Red Queen. And she has a side business smuggling goods through the so-called safe spots of the Grey Vale. But she's busted by a lawyer who, who then blackmails her into finding his father who disappeared in the Grey Vale. Because mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. So she has two weeks to find the ship, and if she doesn't comply with his demands, he'll out her to the authorities, which will brand her and the crew traitors to the colonies. Yay. Oh, and he has to come along just to make things harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, no, I'm going to come with you. Oh, insurance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So you have a mildly nervous uh, lawyer aboard a ship full of dodgy crew, and the captain just trying to keep the crew from finding out about the blackmail to keep him alive while mm-hmm. they sail into the most dangerous part of the planet where few if any has ever returned from oh that's cool yeah so uh they're attacked by pirates they end up stranded on a mysterious island inside the gray veil and they're not alone mm-hmm. uh so so with one disaster after another without spoiling too much uh, <laughs> uh, yeah Everyone is spread to the Nine Hills and they need to figure out how to fix the ship, find everyone and get the hell off the island before it takes them all. And here's the bonus. 
Uh, the captain, Rosan, has to work together with the pirate who stranded them. Oh, I like that. You got a lot of good conflicts there that sound really interesting. How to make it worse for the characters. Yeah. So volume one. <laughs> it's weird because like I almost like I I read like a memoir or something like that from somebody that had a very similar thing happen with like a mine in like Africa. Like it was like like during colonialism and stuff. And I forget which country it was. Might have been England actually. And they did send like a lawyer or somebody with invested, you know, investor where they, you know, ha- like were securing the person's investment. And then they went on this like safari, to, I think it was like a mine or something like that in the middle of nowhere and had to go, you know, write everything down on what everything was worth. So it's funny that like I read like a true story like that. And then you actually turned that into a fantasy novel. <laughs> so that's like really cool. I As swear I haven't based this off like, anything. That this is all from my own. That's just cool. <laughs> Isn't it crazy though that like, first of all, I, there's two things. First of all, I think that's really neat because that shows that you could take a real life circumstance and real life conflict, put it in a fantasy setting. And again, you know, I think that's one thing that's so malleable about fantasy that you can take a real life event, you know, and you know, and make it fantastical and make it a really good story and still show the you know, some of those real world themes with it. Um, yeah. And also Absolutely. go to show you that you, like my friend and Mark Timmy and I, like we actually both came up with the same terminology because we had read the same, you know, <laughs> Dirk Ashton said that too about American gods with Neil Gaiman, where before Paternus was out, people were like, Oh, have you read, you know, American gods? He's like, no. So then he was looking stuff up. He had to like change things. He's like, had to change how they traveled because he called it the same thing or whatever so it's interesting how you know the human brain like it's almost like there's only so many different combinations you know but then you have to figure out what to do with them so ends up getting interesting there yeah that that was the problem with the first book uh, I wrote because I thought it was original I thought it had like all the cool comps and it was just all the cliches nothing was original (laughs) and the more book deals I saw and the, uh, and like the, the descriptions, the blurbs and the movies series. And it was just, that is similar. That is similar. That mm-hmm. is similar. Yeah. I'm scrapping this book. Well, it's funny that most people say, I've heard a lot of people say that recently when that was definitely my first book is it was literally like star Wars and a fantasy setting. And that's pretty much, there was like some other things, but it was pretty much it. Um, it was like star Wars and forgotten realms mixed together. And then I had to like, you know, really be like, okay, well, what am I going to do to make it more unique? And then I scrapped it and using some of the world building and changing it. Once I got this really great idea, it literally changed the entire thing and made it way more unique if anything could be at that point. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it gets interesting. I just feel like a lot of people almost write fan fiction, even if they don't mean to for their first book. Yeah, um, exactly. The yeah. first book, just explore everything. Like, yeah, yeah. what do you want to see on a page and then you figure out how unique or not unique that is and you just hope for the best and then you can always go back and change things it's like if you don't get a a story published you can just go back to it and work on it how much as you like and it'll improve every time you do i i have i i still have all my old stuff i have my old flash drive and my original world building on it where it was kind of like forgotten realms fan fiction with star wars i have um you know old written documents i don't throw away anything i've like have everything i've written since like i think age 14 uh for the most part in terms of fantasy and sci-fi 
little bit of horror. Yeah, same, same. Um, yeah. One of my friends deleted a whole book. And so Kelly McCall and I were discussing this on our episode when he was talking about his Fallen Blade series. And I love RL, his main character, and Tris, his like, he's like a like an ex. It's like set in like a Asian fantasy setting. And he's like an ex, um, almost like pre-slash assassin. I guess is the best way to put it. And the magic system's amazing. Um, they have these shadow creatures that are attached to them from the shadow realm and they help to hide them and they can both use each other's powers. And it's really cool symbiotic system. And he had actually, Kelly had said that originally he, it was a different idea and he was going to delete it. And then he went and did his web mage series and then they wanted something else. So he's like, oh, well, let me try to fix this. So then he fixed it. And it became the fallen blade. And I'm thinking to myself, I said to him, I was like, thank you so much for not deleting that. And I had a friend who did delete it. And I was like, no, I'm like, that could have been like the next Dritz or the next, you know, like any character that I love, you know, I'm like, like Kelly's books changed my life from a writing perspective. I was like, oh, I just, I love them. So I highly recommend them. Um, but, you know, I just, I always say to authors, I'm like, put it away in a drawer, you know, put it somewhere safe, put it on one drive, let it sit there. You know, it's not hurting anybody, but maybe in the future, that's like, what if that's like the next Harry Potter or, you know, or something it's like, you know, like, I just feel like, I don't want to say the word gypped, but I did, I did feel that way. You know, I felt like, you know, my friend, and I like the idea too, he was telling me about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, if you fix that, that sounded so cool. So I think you make a good point there that, you know, you can really go back at any point and who knows what kind of inspiration you'll get from it. Absolutely. And in the helps you to just maintain your writing too yeah and you can also see how point. much you've changed over the years like yeah, I, yeah. I still go back to that <laughs> portal fantasy book because it's yeah. my heart book i spent six years six years on it and i just poured everything i had into it and i just i love it even though it has some very crappy sections <laughs> oh i know that feeling i I'm, I'm worried about i'm worried about going back and I remember like six years ago, I looked back and I was like, <gasps> I was like, this is awful. Now I can only imagine, you know, after writing two books, like how I would feel like <laughs> I'm going to do it at some point the next couple of weeks, just as like a, you know, to show people like there's a, you know, there's some sort of progression that's going on here, but it gets scary <laughs> depending on what you wrote, but yeah, it can definitely be interesting though. It's definitely something that you can learn from. So I think that's really cool. Mm. That sounds really interesting. Um, which leads us to the next one here. Uh, can you tell us, can you tell us anything about uh, your next book, Journey of the Lost and Damned coming out in 2024 or is it too soon for that? Mm, it's not too soon, but it's like, I have to avoid spoilers. Yeah, because th that's book two, right? Yes, because it builds upon the events and the characters from book one. So I can't really say too much. That's fine. That's, 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 a, that's a good, that's a good little, I was just curious. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, it looks like book two. So yeah, I, I was just curious if you, I was curious if you were going for a trilogy, if you were doing four or five, if you had a number in mind yet, or. Uh, I actually, when I wrote book one, that was all I had. I didn't have any potential book two or mm. nothing past events of book one, which was actually suited me just fine because then I can focus on this one thing. But I did want to explore the things that I didn't get to explore in book mm. one. Uh, and when you're writing a debut 
uh, novel, you you had really have to limit yourself because there's, yeah, yeah. there's just so much I wanted to write and I just didn't have enough pages for it because I'm not Tasha Suri and can write like yay books <laughs> and get away with it. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a nobody. I, I don't have that power over agents and all that kinds of stuff. But so. Brandon Sanderson talks about it all the time. He's like, I can get away with a 300,000, you know, you know, he goes, I could probably get away with a 300,000 page book at this point and people would still buy it versus somebody new. So I think that's totally true. Yeah, my uh, my first book was like uh, 230,000 words, I think. And I wow. actually tried to uh, pitch that to an agent. And once I got there, this is too long. I really like the concept. I like the style, but it's too long. Then I was like, okay, I need to write a shorter one. So that's why I wrote Paris of Sea and Sky. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really interested in that one. I started actually reading chapter one the other night uh, when Tina mm -hmm. sent it to me. But your portal fantasy, I just know so many people that once they get like their first trilogy done, then they go back to that love project. And that usually, knocking on wood for you, that's usually the one that just like takes off, you know? And I've known a lot of people that have done that recently. So I hope I'm considering that. it because I, I do have a lot of uh, projects that, that's for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that like fourth book, you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. It's almost like that's like the secret sauce, you know, that like it's that one Mike, R. Michael R. Fletcher talks about where it's that one that's, you know, constantly in the back of your mind that you're like, how do I fix it? How do I fix it? How do I fix it? And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Well, that's super cool. I, I was just curious about that one. Um, I was trying, I was I was having trouble asking questions for that because I was like, oh, I don't want to know too much because of book one. <laughs> so, uh, but that's good because, you know, I, I know a lot of people say, you know, like, oh, I, I want to know when the sequel's coming out so that I can start this book. So I just wanted the audience to know, you know, that, you know, you got book two, you know, in the pipeline. Yeah, I'm not stringing anyone along. So it's like, oh, you have to wait until book three. Oh, no, 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 book four. I have seen a couple of authors do this and it pisses me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so, no, I'm, I'm not stringing anyone along. I am building upon the events of book one because I didn't have the pages to explore everything I wanted to explore. Yeah. So hopefully once we start with the editing process of Journey of the Lost and Dam, I get to get away with a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Hmm. All right. Uh, so now definitely one of my favorite questions because there's not a lot of people that I can talk to about this. Uh, so you're a fellow R.A. Salvatore fan. What is your favorite book by him? Do you have a... Uh, it's hard. I don't even know. I don't even know if I can answer that. I did like um, Thousand Orcs, though. Like that for me, or The Silent Blade. Like those two in particular were just like, they've always stuck with me, like in terms of the narrative. I thought he always narrates well, but like those were two. The Ghost King made me cry. And then go, go nothing on, on the Ghost King. It's it's my next book. Nothing on the Ghost King. <laughs> oh, I, okay. it's fine. Actually, uh, I've heard a lot of uh, my friends say that the Ghost King made him cry. Like I cried that one and the next one. Yep, Gohinerum go or whatever. I cried like a baby. My mom. I was home for break for Christmas break. She's like, "Are you okay?" Because she thought something was wrong with my wife. I was like, "This thing happened." And my mom's like, "Because she bought me the books for you know for years." And she bought me my first uh, Forgotten Realms book um, as a good job at school thing. Yeah, but I was just like, I'd take a break after that. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. I can't wait for you to, to read those and then to uh, message me about it. <laughs> God, it it's, it's been 10 years since yeah. I got Ghost King. It's still in my shelf, but I actually are, I'm making an effort to read it this year. I plan, I've planned it since New Year's, but anyways, uh, yeah, God, it, it's really hard to just choose one book because he's, oh, I know. he's written so many and there's like, 40 almost 40 books in the legend just series yeah i was gonna say i think now i lost track now because he's released five five i think i think recently within the last decade like he's released at least like 12 somebody probably can quote me but yeah he's got to be well over 53 by now like (laughs) and plus all the side stories yep 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 the cell swords and stuff like that yep Yeah. yeah i didn't even think of that yeah well, do you, uh, do you do you prefer like when you're reading Legend of Dritz? Would you prefer to read Legend of Dritz or Cleric Quintet? I think that he should have kept going with more of the. I wish that was a series and not just a five book. I think there could have been like it was a great arc, but I just wanted I wanted more of Catterley and Danica and the the Boulder Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. Like while I enjoy that the Cleric Quintet was like it was just a pentology, just five books. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, first of all it's not a fair comparison to the, the legend and drist sorry no that's true yeah, yeah. yeah uh the legend just has the dark elf trilogy like the very first three books that really resonated with me because mm-hmm. the time that i started reading them or i was introduced to them by a friend and i had just moved out of uh home f- uh, for the first time mm. for, the, for the only time <laughs> <laughs> And uh, his journey from uh, like escaping that yeah. life he didn't want, uh, finding his place in the, in the world and just establishing himself, it just really resonated with me. And mm. I still reread that trilogy now and then. But then there's also the Cleric Quintet, which is just more fun it's a shorter arc the 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 timeline is much shorter the characters are i feel like they are more well-rounded yeah yeah because it's a limited cast yeah 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 it's a very interesting i think to look at the different writing styles that Hmm. you know he used in i because again i i i i feel it's hard for me having read whoever to pick a better narrator I think he just does such a great job narrating like the fight scenes, the emotions are the best. They yeah. Like inspired my writing so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Elaine are two of the writers that I was like, I want to write. Like when I read them, I'm like, I have to write now. Like mm. Elaine, like, like they're very different, right? Like Elaine Cunningham, uh, the daughter of the drow, or the drow. I mean, it's just that, that trilogy, like, changed me a couple years ago and I'm like Elaine has changed me three different times as a writer within my like writing career since age 14 and Mm. I'm just like I'll read something else of hers and I still want like another couple books you know with some of her main characters but yeah it's it's interesting though to look at Bob and to see the narrative style you know of those books and then to again like you said just like a fun adventure and a quicker arc it just Seems like he's got a lot of gears. So, and the covers were amazing oh. for the 2000 edition, like 80s oh. style, kind of yep. limited, but just a lot of breathing space in between. Yep. Just one action scene. It just, yep. Mwah. That's ruined me because now I need to do that for my own covers, but it's like, that's what I like. So, it's like, 
you know, they always say like, write what you want to write, but also like, I want to sell what I would buy, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I'm not a big, like, you're not going to see me just have a sword on my cover. No offense to anybody. Like, it's just, it's not me. And mm -hmm. I think, do you, it's not that I won't buy your book, but for me, I just personally, like, I do still look at, like you said, like the actual, like Malazan Book of the Fallen, Glenn Cook, you know, like I look at those classic eighties, you know, and I, I would love if my cover was in that style. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be going like, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your cover though. I thought it looked really good. Um, no, I love like the sale in particular, how they, I don't know, it's. I, I was so fuzzy about the sales. It's like, no, no, no. It's got to have this pattern. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks, really, looks, it looks really good. Like it, it caught my eye immediately um, when Tina awesome. sent me. Awesome. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I tried explaining to, you know, my kids. I'm totally blanking on what the technical term is, but I taught graphic design for a while. I was originally going to be an illustrator. Um, oh, you know, so, cool. yeah, there's just certain things I'm like, oh, I like that. You know, I like the placement. I thought it looked really good. I liked the shape of it. Um, the sale in particular, like really, it really draws your eye. And we talked about, you know, where certain things should be, you know, to draw your eye. And yeah, I thought that that was. was yeah, definitely. I was, I was like moving stuff around all the time. And it's <laughs> like uh, early in the process. It was like, yeah. can we, can we com uh, compose it like this? More room here, less there, more contrast there, whatever. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Don't give me free reigns of my covers, please. <laughs> Well, sometimes though, I mean, you know, sometimes you change one little shadow and it just changes the entire perception oh, yeah, of the cover. And, and when you're talking, you know, when 65% of your sales are going to be driven, particularly as an indie author, well, really anybody now, you know, because of Amazon and things, you know, 65% of your sales are going to be driven by your cover. It's like, it really does, you know, if you need to tweak something or whatever, like it really does need to you know, need to fit. So, mm. you know, I think you need to be happy with it because you're going to be peddling it Absolutely. until you get another cover. So, yeah, yeah, I see a lot of uh, fantasy book covers now that they're they're really beautiful and cool and awesome and all that, like mantle pieces. Like I could put this on the yep. mantle and stare at it every day. Yeah. But if you line them up next to each other, a lot of them just look way too busy, way way yeah, too busy. Yeah, yeah. There's too much going on. There's too many details, and it's yep. all too too sparkly. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. It's all the same. No, yeah. Well, that's like um, oh. Uh, I have JD Evans. I'm blanking on the other two people. I just talked to about this, um, but her covers in particular, like are more of a simplified outer design and then have cool, like amazing um, black and white drawn characters. And then just Ooh. a little bit of color. And I'm like, that is so aesthetically pleasing. And, mm. you know, they look amazing. They're not action shots, but they look amazing. And, you know, I'm like, the design was really done well. The, the trilogies, let's say, you know, will all match. They'll just have a little bit different design. I've seen a lot of people doing that type of thing recently. And I'm like, I really like that. Yeah, I've, too. I've seen a few of those and they're, they're yeah. really cool. It's like, it's very bold to go simplistic with your covers in when it's fantasy. It's like, that's bold. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to do it, like my buddy and I are constantly sending stuff back and forth to be like, oh, maybe this, maybe this, you know, and we liked the one where people for a while were doing like a white background and then a cutout of like a werewolf and then yeah. in the cutout of the werewolf it's like the picture of your actual cover and then the words went around it with like a you know outer box design yeah, yeah. or whatever like those were pretty popular for a little while and those looked cool so we were talk we talked about doing that you know and then maybe 
doing a different cutout in, you know, in the center or something. Uh, but we're, yeah, I'm, we're addicted to book covers. <laughs> I think that's the hardest in me, but. I think the young adult um, age group has ruined book covers because everything must look that aesthetically pleasing and it's bled through to the other age groups as well. So like everything yeah. has to look that good. They're, well, yeah, they're always, they're always amazing. I mean, mm. um, I'm thinking of like, the Colossus, I think is what the book was called, where the kid's like holding up like a Neptune-like sphere and there's like an ocean around him. And I'm just like, that's such a cool cover. And then the logo was amazing. I'm looking at the back, you know, it's got that wraparound cover and I'm like, oh, no, I really like that. And it was like years and years ago, I bought book one and put like on the author. But yeah, it's, I do agree. Like they definitely elevated what everybody else needed to do because you know, I think you were looking at those kids who are growing up and you're trying to get them into, you know, young adult or, you know, then moving on to adult fantasy. Middle grade, young adults. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just, you know, I think it was like a natural line in the advertisement with the covers. But yeah, it just, yeah. and now like I tease Felix Ortiz and Sean T. King all the time. I'm like, you guys are ruining the fantasy genre. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you guys are literally, I'm like, you guys have such amazing work, like amazing covers. And I'm like, now I feel like I have to do that with my writing. <laughs> like, I don't have that much time to be that good at writing as they do at their, you know, Sean's lettering and um, his logos are amazing. So I'm saving up to have him do logo or Felix is like, he did one with a hunter and like two dogs. And it was just like, it was so aesthetically pleasing. And so I was teasing him. I was like, stop ruining it for the rest of us. Like, now everybody's going to be expecting that these books are going to be amazing, you know. Yeah, the like, writing oh, has to reflect the covers. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, like they're going to buy it. Be like, yeah, they're going to be like, we could just bought a poster, you know, or a, a painting of this. So I was teasing both of them the other day. I was like, yeah, now I have to write better. Darn it. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. I could talk about covers all day. Um, Absolutely. So who is one character that you would want to go on an adventure with if you could choose any medium? throughout history so if you like Gilgamesh to Bugs Bunny mm, most of the characters that I'm interested in uh usually I've gone gone through hell and back and I'm not sure I want any of that <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very happy with my 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 small uh small com comfortable life yeah in, yeah. My, in my flat that's fine. That's fine. Like but, like Bilbo. But, Maybe Bilbo. Maybe Bilbo Baggins. Then. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. A hobbit would be perfect. <laughs> that would be really cool. I Not Frodo. Not Frodo. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> but but I did read uh, Gideon the Ninth last year and <sighs> necromancy in space and a two-handed uh, sword-wielding cavaliers. Yeah. Sounds so cool. I mean, I would like to see that. I would like yeah, to experience yeah. that. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. Mine, mine would always be, we're actually my buddy, my best friend and I, after we're done with Mal's and Book of the Fallen, I think that's going to be our palate cleanser because after nine books of Steven Erickson, which is great, it's like, it's like hurting my brain at this point because we've fitting them in basically in two years <laughs> with like everything else. So, but I think that's what we're going to do is Gideon the ninth uh, Vada for him. So I think we're going to do that one. I've been waiting for him to do it. Yeah. So I'm like really excited, but I always, like, always thought Conan. Yeah, oh. <laughs> be cool. I always thought Conan would be fun. I don't think I'd survive with him, but I thought he would be fun. Um, he's always one of my favorites, Robert E. Howard. Like, 
changed my life. He's one of the other authors that I was like, every time I read something about Cohen, I was like, all right, now I, now I have to be a writer. Darn it. So I blame, I blame Robert E. Howard for all the bills I'm going to have with, uh, you know, editing and <laughs> book covers and things. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. It would be hard to anybody I chose, it would be hard to go on an adventure with them. I probably wouldn't make it back. So I have to think about that for the future. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like to live. Yeah. I like to survive my adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I was thinking that the other day, I was like, I'd be like the Robert Jordan kids, you know, with Wheel of Time where I wouldn't want to leave my village at this point. <laughs> like, you know, if Han Solo came up to me or Arnold was like, come with me if you want to live, I'd probably just be like, ah, I'm just going to stay here and take my chances. All my books are here, you know, like Bilbo, so. Maybe so I am the newspapers sit there. Yeah. So, yep, this is life. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what is one thing? This has been a really interesting one that a fellow writer gave to me, and everybody's just had a different answer, and it's pretty cool. Uh, so, what is one thing you want to see yourself do in your writing career once you look back on it? Like, what's like, one thing you want to have done? What's one thing you like? I thought it'd be really cool. I, I would love like a comic book personally, like a graphic novel. I, I really liked, like, I don't know if people know this, but Robert Jordan for Wheel of Time or in the late nineties, they did um, like the first six books had um, like four graphic novels each and they are amazing. So I always, I was reading those and I wish they had finished them. Um, they might've, I might've just lost track, but those were so cool. So I would love personally oh, cool. to do graphic novels on like a trilogy of mine or something like that. I think that would just be really cool. Yeah, I, I haven't really considered like what I would like to have achieved when it comes to my writing career uh, because uh, because of my chronic health issues. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't have the energy or the time to plan much ahead. Like maybe a few days, a month, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, and, and then it just implodes. But uh just the next project really uh audiobooks are always cool but graphic novels now that you mention it that would suit so well to my story it'd be cool i would buy that i would read the book and then i would buy the graphic novel just to compare them just to get i know the perfect guy for it too oh i i hope i can convince him to do this (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe if the book takes off yeah, 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 that would be awesome. I'm knocking on wood for you. That'd be really cool. <laughs> uh, anytime that that's the case, I buy the graphic novel from a book that I read. Like I was really disappointed because Kevin Hearn's Iron Druid Chronicles, it was like right about the pandemic, and they already had like ish issues that like with the first issue, and then I think they didn't do it. So I'm praying that they can get it back off the ground because, um, like I really loved the Harry Dresden graphic novels. So I love reading the book and then, you know, reading the graphic novel. Um, I've done that for years with different ones where I was able to. Um, Lord of the Rings was really cool to do that way. Um, really There's cool. a lot of people who also don't really read books. So graphic novels. Yeah, so you get a whole new market. For those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, audio books, you know. Which one was it? Uh, the Discworld series, the first book, uh, something about- Oh, um, Color, Color of Magic? Color of Magic, yeah. Color of Magic. I, I actually that have book. that graphic novel in my shelf and it's just it's amazing i I did not know that they did a graphic novel so now i gotta go get that on comiXology i would love to i would love to see that one i would love to see that one because visually i had to reread a couple things because that one i love the writing but at times i was like i don't think i'm that zany when i visualize so 
yeah sometimes yeah. The, the the descriptions just fall a little short or weird yeah like, like, my like brain chest with all the feet it's like what yeah yep. feet? <laughs> i want it yeah like i want to see what it's like and i think that's why i like certain things visually like you know and i think it's cool so yeah, i like any i like legend of dritz books for instance you know like it was cool to for me to read you know the crystal shard and then get to read the graphic novel um oh the crystal shard has a graphic novel yeah they they did up until like i know i got up there had i bought up up until siege of darkness and then i don't know how far they got after that and then his um like the demon slayer ones uh, i read the graphic novels but i haven't gotten to the um like the books yet uh, but I love the graphic novels. I thought they were really good. So I'm definitely going to read those at some point. But yeah, I highly recommend them. It was really cool to, you know, to see the crystal shard, to see the icing death, the dragon. Um, I actually really I enjoyed really the crystal it. shard because it was so different from the others. It was, yeah. yeah yep. Because uh, can canonically, it's the fourth book, but it was the first one he wrote in yep. the series. Yep. and it, it really showed but it was just yep. it was just a fun read it was yeah, just yeah, so many yeah. weird things that happened and all the descriptions were like oh flouncing hair and yep. all that kind of fun stuff yeah i yeah. i bought I, that i bought the trilogy for my buddy a while back and he was like oh this is really good i can't believe i haven't read this i'm like yeah i know so we started getting into the other books but i that's one that's one trilogy that i would love to go back and read i literally bought that i bought that set and like the Claire Quintet, I bought the, I, I got the first one from the library and then I bought it because I couldn't wait. And then I got like the Quintet, like the really big omnibus. Oh yeah, that, and, that one, yeah. Yeah, I finished all those within like, you know, like one Sunday. <laughs> like I just sat there. And I was like, are you okay? I was like, I'm reading, don't bug me. <laughs> like trying to get through this. Yeah, it was very, very good. When was the last time you ate? Uh... <laughs> oh, I definitely lost I, those, 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 you know, series. Like I definitely lost like pounds from, from not eating. <laughs> so, I would just be up there all day. My parents like in their room had like a nice fan. I put the radio on and um, they have a great sun coming in. So I would just sit there and yeah, I would just read for hours. The summer was the nicest time. It, I, I, that's why I still on Sundays, I like to read on Sundays when I can. Um, yeah. Those books. Yeah definitely makes me nostalgic so those are the kind of books i like to write so oh, um, now i really want to get back into into salvatore's books again because it, they were just few for my creativity because they I agree. they influenced so much how i wrote yeah, yeah i haven't read a book from salvatore in like seven years maybe i think it's time to start again <laughs> i i think for me it's right around there too because Right when my wife and I moved, I, right when we met, I read Gone Hiram, and then there was the one after that. And then the one after that, I'm like, it just, I, the first 50 pages, it, I hadn't read in that one of them in a while. And it was like, I was just kind of burnt out because I was reading so many Forgotten Realms. I was just like, okay, I need to do something else. Um, but then now there's like all these other books in between. So yeah, I definitely was thinking about going back recently. Every time I do, I get through like another five and then you know, within like a week. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I need a little bit of time. But I'm such yeah. a slow reader. I, I take forever <laughs> to go through books. I am. I am nowadays. I think I'm just like doing too much. So I'm like actually looking forward to next year with um, pausing the podcast because we'll have episodes way out in advance. And yeah, I don't think I'm going to coach after this year. I think I'm just going to take a break since we're having the baby and 
that'd be kind of nice. My friend was like, speech to text, Dan, speech to text. Uh, so I can, you know, have you the baby. Re- you start reading for the baby. <laughs> that's true too. No, that that's true too. Yeah. I, I definitely think that, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like that. My, I've done that a lot with my nephews and stuff. So it's always fun for me, <laughs> at least even if they're just. I mean, it, is, it is parental supervision. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, that's true. That's true. Uh, depending on what you read, right? <laughs> uh, so do you have any updates, news, current projects or anything like that that you'd like to share with us? Uh, well, I am still in the, uh, in the middle of the editing process of Journey of the Lost and Damned just oh, cool. before I'm sending it to Tina for editing. So that, oh, that's is, cool. that is still on track. It's actually going very well. I just hope I get everything I want to tell in it because I don't want to write a third book just to cover those few things. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Or maybe, or maybe I'll create more. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have something cooking in my brain, but it's very early stages, and I don't want to say too much just in case. Oh, I like surprises, because <laughs> then next time I'm be like, yeah, remember that thing you said? Like, somebody, like, gave me a wallop one the other day after they came back a second time. I was like, wow. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, by the right way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 ooh. Uh, so my September release, Perils of Sea and Sky, will be getting an audiobook format. I was going to ask you, that's really cool. Yes, I, I got the um, I got the sample last week and I listened to it and I just got so insanely excited oh, listening cool. to it. It was just, oh my God, it really feels like a book now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love reading a book, particularly one that I really enjoyed. And then I wait like a month and then I get the audio book. And then I, I like, it helps my writer brain. I, I don't know how else to describe it it just it really makes me like because especially talking like I like talking to an author than reading their book because then I feel like it's like behind the scenes and I get more out of it and it's the same thing then when I do the audio book it's like one two three um yeah so I'm like I always love hearing when people do that because I'm like oh that's so cool because now I get to listen to it and you know compare and contrast and see if you know these things because sometimes you know with reading, it's different than listening to it. A lot of times I get more out of it. Reading also takes a lot more time and not everyone yep. has the time. Yep, so it's totally. easy to just pop an audiobook into your ear when you're yeah, yeah. doing dishes or something. Yeah. Well, it's like CM Quinn. She ended up having like, I think I lost track, like 56,000 sales with her first book. So I had her on and twice and then she's about to release book two. Um, and then, yeah, I saw recently that she shared on Facebook. And I was like, dang, <laughs> I was like, you can definitely tell that, you know, you, it's good to go into the audible market if you can, or if podium, you know, offers you something like, I honestly would just take it with 50, 50, uh, with them. But yeah, it definitely shows you right. That other people are probably leaving a lot of readers and, you know, not that people do it for the money, but you know, you need to just to be able to do your next project, you know, I mean, yeah, absolutely. this isn't the Renaissance, so it's a little <laughs> different, but well, that's super cool. We, we, we have that's options exciting. now. We have a lot of yeah. options. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm always teasing Clayton Snyder because I want another Cold West book of his. And I'm telling the audience, like, go read it. It's a mix of sci-fi, Western, and fantasy. And it's written in a great narrative style. Um, and it's one of the best books I've read in the last, like, five years. That, that, so sounds, I want them. that sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And it's not very long. 
Um, it's like, I think like probably like 250 pages of its paperback, but oh, that, that's a decent, uh, yeah. short length for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I- so good. Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Plus the rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really want everybody to make him rich so that I told him, I said, or so that he can, you know, give me a, another one. I said, or I can just pay you to write me a second book and we'll do like really old school, not Patreon, but patron. <laughs> so, uh, I'm always like teasing him there, but yeah um want to remind everybody uh, sna- uh collaboration <laughs> you know what that's true i never thought of that <laughs> yeah that's really true they did it in the 90s hello like before proper access to internet mails and yeah, yeah, yeah. just everything over the phone yeah, yeah amazing it, it's oh good omens is still one of the best books that i ever read <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so amazingly fun like oh and yeah, the TV and the TV show was like really justified it well too. It's like mm. yeah, that's yeah. How, how I got happens. to like, I think that's when like the summer or right when the pandemic happened. I think so. I still have like through the last three episodes. Um, and I totally keep forgetting I have Amazon Prime because I've just been like writing too much. But yeah, that's definitely what I'm gonna have to finish the show for. Uh, I don't. Life happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I just need to like sit in front of my TV and then just like read for like a month, you know, just to like get caught up with as many books things happen. As possible. books happen yeah that's true <laughs> that's totally true put that on the t-shirt books happen. Yeah, yeah 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 we got a lot of t-shirts we got to make on here i my friend was teasing me like we should do one of those stores where you know when people order it then it makes it and then just ships oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, like, I'm like that's a really good idea we'd have some pretty cool ones i definitely think i definitely want to do one with my logo and then um i want to do two of them i want to do one like fantasy writers have more or fantasy authors have more fun and then I wanted to do a sci-fi one. So you got like both opposing sides <laughs> and two different options so that fantasy authors could get one and then sci-fi authors could get the other one. I put horror into kind of both, I guess, but. Sci-fi yeah. authors say, don't listen to fantasy authors. <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi authors are like, yeah, but we get technology or something. Once I get a cool tagline, I'll, I'll put them. They'll be like, I think I'm doing one black, like all black and then. Um, just changing my logo to the black part, like white and vice versa. And then having the other one. Yeah, like, get the contrast going. Yeah, so they're like yin and yang. I feel like the Taj Mahal was supposed to be. Uh, yeah, it's super cool. Oh, I just want to cool. <laughs> ask you, um, oh my gosh, keep losing it for some reason. I forget. <laughs> I, had, so I had a really good question for you. Oh, no, I'm going to lose it. I'm sure it'll come to me, right? When we're about to be done, I'll be like, oh, wait. Um, so just want to remind our audience that you can find Lillian's books in the description anywhere where you find this video. Any, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> there it is. It's in reverse, but maybe, uh, maybe you can flip it. <laughs> yeah, you can tell I'm about to be a dad. <laughs> like got nothing left. Yeah, I love the sales on there. The lightning looks really cool too on the back. I did not notice that yet. That's really cool. It's a lot darker than the digital version because printing just makes everything darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's still like everything is still there. And I love like the front sales, like the three. Oh, that's and it a has cool maps. Map. Oh, that's cool. I'm a map junkie, so oh, that's really cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm glad I remembered bringing. Yeah, I'm glad you did too because <laughs> I was like, what am I forgetting? <laughs> oh man I, like, I what have you been talking about i don't know yeah 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 that's how i was earlier today my kids were like are you okay i just like stopped i was like uh i got about four hours of sleep last night like we just had 
way too much going on. I was trying to help my wife. And then I was like sending out podcast stuff in between like cleaning and trying to see if she's feeling okay. <laughs> and yeah. this and that. I think she had like an ear thing or something. Uh, she was saying it's weird word. She had like an ear infection. And I used to, I had tooth with my ears. So I'm like, totally know how it feels. I'm like, I feel bad anytime someone tells me my nephew had one. I was like, poor little guy. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, we got that out of the way. That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, yes. I'm, I'm glad I took the initiative. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad too. I was like, there's something I want to do. Um, yeah. I love the, the three sales in particular on like the front ship. I just think that the placement looked just really good to me. And it really, it really draws your eye like right there. And then I felt like it really drew my eye, um, you know, to, to your title. Yeah, absolutely. We also have a short animated uh, version of the cover that's on uh, Rising Action's Instagram. Oh, I must have missed that. Okay. <laughs> it's very short, but the can yeah. uh, the ship in the background is like firing cannons at them. So oh, that's, that's kind of cool. cool. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, you'll definitely, definitely have to send it to me. I'll, I'll put it um, in the description uh, so people can see. I'm always looking for stuff like that because that, that to me is just like a cool little advertisement thing I, I like when people yeah, do that the animated covers like yeah that's that's super cool we were talking about doing that for my urban fantasy where we got the runes behind the guy where he's kind of like turned with his sword we talked about doing it where they glow one by one or whatever or something yeah that's that's super cool I'm a geek when it comes to tech stuff and art stuff like that so that's like right up my alley <laughs> I, I really like artwork like book uh trailers and all that kind of stuff it's yeah just so cool um, it's such an underrated medium today. We didn't have those yeah. things. No, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. New. Yeah, like P.L. Stewart, um, his second book. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah like I that just one. just watched that. I just listened to that podcast, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so good. I, I always like, he's such a nice guy. Just such a nice guy. So helpful for everybody. Um, yeah, but like, I was just like, I listened to as many podcasts as I can with him. He was so cool to, you know, some people are just prolific in, you know, in writing, but other people are prolific and be able to talk about it. And I feel like he does a really good, you know, good job with both. And oh, yeah, so if he, what he's able to do is like, that's what I want to be able to do. Um, you know, in terms I of, want that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, that's really good. Um, yeah. So if you guys haven't checked that out, make sure you check out that. And obviously we'll put Lillian's in the description. I'm really looking forward to, seeing that I'm actually surprised that I missed that I must have like just not clicked on that somewhere but that's super cool I'm really excited now I, I love surprises so come back at some point in the email and check that out I'm be really jealous by the way <laughs> that's kind of what we're doing with my our new logo which will actually be now you know before this video so that's super cool have to check that out I'm definitely going to be putting that down as something that I need in the future, awesome. <laughs> um, you know, next to editor and book cover, like need animated cover for advertisement. But, uh, well, Lillian, thank you so much for coming on today. It was a real pleasure. I'm, uh, like I said, I got through, uh, I got to chapter one of your book, so I'm really looking forward to getting through the rest of it. Um, the oh, concept so sounded much. really cool. Um, yeah. Anytime you can get a ship in a fantasy setting and it flies around, I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe it's my Peter Pan roots or something like that, but that's definitely always up my alley. So, and Treasure Planet, you had me at Treasure Planet because uh, that's one of my favorite movies. That, that's my hook. I just snag everyone with that because yeah, yeah. Like, Treasure Planet is the bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they definitely need to redo something with that or do a live action or or something. Or just re-release them. In, 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 I think it'd be cool. Yeah. yeah I, actually, yeah. That, oh, man. You guys heard it here first. Disney. 
make sure you get Lily on some money for that idea. Um, you know, she'll take uh, 80%. Yes, we keep 20. <laughs> uh, I'll negotiate on her behalf. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, well, I got you so back. much. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Um, like I said, you got any other news or updates or you want to just come and talk? I uh, will be sending out um, uh, some, like in the fall, we're going to be doing some different panels and stuff. So we'll be asking people, you know, like, hey, are you interested in this round or this item? Um, you know, this topic. So we're hoping to do at least two of them um, in the fall and then two in the winter um, and then a couple next spring and then summer. So um, we got cool. some world building yeah, some different things. So some things that I've been wondering on a couple of experiments I want to do <laughs> um, sociologically with some different writers. Uh, so I'll be sending so many you, things to do. Yeah, I'll be sending you to that invitation too. I'm getting a newsletter together for people and just to see it's like a really quick thing just to see it, you know, calendar and things like that to see whoever's interested. So hopefully we can get you on with one of those as well. But in the meantime, if there's something I can do, you know, to help you or Tina out, you know, just message me, you know, feel free to, you know, follow me on social media, tag me in anything. That way I can share it very easily. Yeah, of course. Anything we can do to help, just let me know. And want to remind the audience to check out the description so you can go and check out Lillian's book. Um, you know, make sure you give her a like, a follow and yeah, buy that book. <laughs> anywhere where books are sold or on Amazon or Kindle. Um, please make sure you also, we're really trying to stress this year for season two, please make sure you're reviewing your books again, particularly it's really anybody nowadays, but especially indie, you know, it's the easiest way to help somebody that you, you know, an author that you like, it's the easiest way to get a book two or a book three. So just want to stress that. And again, Lillian, thank you so much for coming. I'll be emailing you shortly for the calendar and things like that. And if you have any questions at all, just let me know. And Hopefully, you know, we can answer them as quick as possible for you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, I've had a blast. Anytime. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. And like I said, if there's anything else I can do, let me know. But, you know, other than that, hope you have a great rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, you too. Thank you so much. I'll see you later. Yeah. Ciao. Bye.